0: This morning's scripture is Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 20. Jesus calls the first disciples. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of people and immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boats mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men and followed him." Here ends the reading of Mark 1, chapter 1, verses 16 through 20.
1: Well, we continue our journey through Lent, and we're looking at the Gospel of Mark to help lead and guide us. And you remember that I talked about Mark being the first Gospel, and just written not that many years after uh, Jesus' life, and Peter, the Apostle, uh, is Mark's mentor and guide here as he writes, okay, writing in the city of Rome. So we're going way back where, you know, this is like, this is our ancient church history, the Gospel of Mark, not that long after Christ, the very first Gospel, and Mark is writing these words down. Um led by Peter and the Holy Spirit. So we come across these words. So I say that because the, this story that Tamara just read, it, it really sounds like an eyewitness account. I mean, Peter was there. He remembers how this went down. And he's telling Mark, okay, this is, this is the way that story happened. And it goes right back to the calling of the first disciples. We, it's... Uh, A gift that we're able to read that and and hear it. So an eyewitness account. And it's based on Jesus' statement, which we looked at last week, his recognition that this is the truth, the kingdom of God is drawing near, repent, and believe the gospel. So Jesus who had... Being in Nazareth for 30 years, you remember the story, right? He hears about his cousin baptizing people in the Jordan. He goes, he is baptized in solidarity with us. We sang that song, Brokenness Aside. In solidarity with us who are broken, who are frail, who continue to mess up. But Jesus has the recognition that the kingdom of God is drawing near. Repent, which means turn around, And believe have faith in the gospel this this drives Jesus forward this is his vision of what's going on the kingdom of God is drawing near this drives everything so he's he's this is a compelling truth for him and of course that leads him into his ministry for three years ultimately to his death the resurrection, the kingdom of God is drawing near, repent and believe the gospel. So that's his vision, and that's the vision that he's communicating to his disciples. I mean, what, what, what is Jesus saying that fishermen will hear and will actually leave their lives, their ordinary work day, leave their practice, leave their families, and follow him. Like, what would do that? You give up your form of income and you follow this guy. Like, there has to be something compelling for them to do that. And they catch a bit of this vision, you see. The kingdom of God is drawing near, repent, and believe the gospel, so they hear that. So we look at this text. Think of the calling of these two brothers and their response, and how does that speak to us in our own Lenten journey as we move towards Easter. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, it's just a lake, about half the size of Lake Simcoe, that's about the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Mark moves. It's a short book and it moves with action. It it doesn't sit around. There aren't a lot of long teaching sections in the book of Mark. It's a gospel of movement. And frequently you'll hear that word in English, and and immediately, immediately. He uses that word a bunch of times through the whole book to get the sense of action, energy. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. That in itself is incredible, that their response was that immediate. Wow, they hear the words and they say yes. So Jesus is walking along the shore. Josephus Josephus was a historian, and he wrote in this time, and he talks about the Sea of Galilee. Over 300 boats were working the Sea of Galilee in Jesus' day. So not that big of a lake, big enough, But imagine, 300 boats, that's a lot of crews out there working the lake. So fishing was a big industry. Lots of people doing it. And so it's teeming with fish in Jesus' day. Just teeming with fish. And indeed Simon and Andrew are casting their net, and it's a form of fishing that would happen when there are so many fish. So they have a net, different than the next set of brothers we're going to look at and they wait out in the water two brothers and they cast the net and then they pull it in that's as simple as it gets that's what they're doing that's the picture in the water there's no boat involved they're in the water they cast the net they bring in a few fish are involved they get it they keep doing that that's their method of fishing pretty basic simon and andrew simon peter the great disciple who is the guide for this entire book that's how he was going on so they're casting and then Jesus initiates the call Jesus initiates the whole faith experience we think we initiated we think that one day I decided to follow Jesus and that's the way it was I'm a music student, walking along And I think, oh, you know what? This is what I want to do. I want to do that. I actually thought about teaching the Bible when I was 18 years old. You know what I want to do? I want to teach the Bible. 18. Had no background in anything. So I think, well, that was me deciding that. No. Our faith is more mysterious than that, guys. God is working. And he's moving. And he draws us. We think it's all us. I decided you decided we're part of that equation man but if God isn't working and drawing nothing happens that's faith that that's the whole mystery of faith the Spirit working drawing stuff bubbling up in our lives and we finally say yes but God has been working in our lives and so Jesus initiates the call we have to see that that's what moves these guys Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And this image was used in the Old Testament. Jeremiah, God speaks about drawing people back to Israel. I am now sending for many fishermen, says the Lord, and they shall catch them. And even, and afterwards, I will send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and every hill and all of the clefts of the rock. He's talking about Israel that's out in the nations at this point and God is going to bring them back, he fishes for them, he hunts for them so there's a, there's a tradition in, in Israel of this language, it's not like it comes out of the blue so now Jesus says, I, I will call you and you will be fishermen, and fisher folk and you will fish for people there's some sort of sense of that in their tradition and we know it's future sense I will make you fishers of people you're not there yet I will make you that. You will become that, the text says. Literally, it's follow after me, follow after me, and I will make you fishers of people. So it's, it's talking about a, a school, if you like, a discipleship effort, that you follow me and, and I will lead you along this path. And it's an invitation to share God's great work, his great work. Come and follow me, and in this new work, the kingdom of God is drawing near. That's what I'm about, and I'm inviting you to participate in that work with me. Come follow me, be part of my effort in revealing God's kingdom, God's great work. And that's the invitation for us all, all along, all of us. You, me, we're in our, whatever our ordinary day job is, our ordinary work. And God speaks to us in our ordinary day. Do you want a vision for your life? Do you want a calling? Do you want to be something that's an amazing movement upon planet Earth? Do you want that? Follow me. I'll give you that. So it's an invitation for us all. God's great work, God's kingdom. We lose sight of that so fast because we get concerned about our own lives. We, we become myopic. We just kind of bring it back down. My daily concerns, my financial needs, my employment needs. That's all, all makes sense to some degree, for sure. Health concerns. But we all bring it right down to just me. Meanwhile, we're part of something bigger and... And that's what we're called to do, a work. I was in diving in Cuba recently, right? And the town that I was in was Santa Clara. Santa Clara is the town that's mostly associated with Che Guevara. And che was the, one of the leading guys, right, in the Cuban Revolution, 1959. And whatever one thinks of Che, he's a hero down there. He had a vision. He had a vision for society, and he was committed to that. He was committed to that vision. Wasn't, he wasn't worried about money. He wasn't worried about gaining houses. After the revolution, they made him a minister for, in one of the departments, and after that, he said, this isn't for me. He went out, and he moved down to Bolivia, and he continued the Cuban or the revolutionary spirit. That was his life. So there are people in our world who grab onto a vision and and live for that vision. And you and I are called to do the same with God's kingdom. It's not to just jump on the back burner and we forget it. We're we're missing out when we do that. We have a greater calling. And and these initial callings to the disciples, I think, are meant to remind us of that. Come after me, and I will make you fishers of people. You will will have a great work, great vision for life. So, can we capture that a little bit? Again, the disciples say yes. Devotional writer wrote a book called The School of Christ. Will we enter the school of Christ? Commit to following him, his mission. So they say yes, they say yes and they follow. So the issue here is one of grace. God's grace. God's grace calling you. You know what, there were hundreds of fishermen plying the trades of Lake Galilee in that day. Hundreds, literally hundreds. Why does Jesus call these two brothers? There were all kinds of them working along Capernaum, the, 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 the... The shores there, working the sea, lots of them. Jesus calls these two, Simon and Andrew. And it's grace. God's grace. And not only grace, may I mention a word we don't often hear about, election. God chooses these two. And that's where the faith and mystery comes in. Why? There there, there were dozens of them he could call here. But he calls these two guys, Simon and Andrew. He knows something about them that they don't even know themselves. He chooses them. And in our faith, we are chosen by grace, and there's also this deeper current, which the Bible, Paul talks about, is election. You can, you can interpret that whatever the way you want, but God is involved in connecting you and calling you We need to wake up to that. It's a great privilege to be called and to respond and say yes. It's it's tough. Man, I've taught taught in Ephesians and Bolivia so many times. This theme of election is a big part of it. God's calling. Typically, the way I teach that is that, well, yes. God chooses, but you also choose him. It's a two-way street. That's the way I normally go with that. God calls, and then I say yes, too. So I'm talking to a minister. He's an older guy. Can I say that? An older guy? (laughs) I'm an older guy. In fact, I was probably older than him when I was saying that. (laughs) Anyway, I'm saying, yeah, well, man, we're involved here. He says, yeah, but we're elected. I say, yeah, but from our side, we're involved. we got to choose. Yeah, but we're elected. He just kept going back to that the entire time. And the more I think of it, I hear it from this text, and I'm saying, well, you know, maybe he's onto something there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why do I keep following Jesus after all these years why do you keep doing that why do you keep doing that election, election well there you go there's that part of it right yeah we say yes but God is working in our lives and, and that's a big big mystery and I just think we don't want to lose sight of that it's a beautiful gift God knows what he's doing we leave it all in his hands, but there is a mystery going on here deeper than you just signing some form somewhere and saying, I'll, I'll follow, right? So anyway, there we go. That's the first bit. Two more brothers. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who, in their boat, who were in their boat mending the nets. Note, there's a different strata going on here with the fishing. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. So Peter and his brother, they're standing in the water casting their net. These guys, they've got a little business going on here. And they've got a boat. And they're with their dad. And they've got employees working with them. And they're out in the water, and they're using a bigger net. And they cast it in, and they pull it behind them while they're they're rowing along, and they draw in a whole lot more fish. Another level up. Jesus calls them, and note again, immediately he calls them. They leave their father Zebedee, they leave the family business with the hired men, and follow Jesus. That's how Simon sees that story and reports it. He just does that. So I know some of you guys run businesses. Dave Geldart has his own business, Dave and Mika. Put a lot of investment in that, a lot of time, a lot of energy for all these years, right? Others. Can you imagine if we just said, follow me? I'm going to leave that. My dad and his brother Tom had a body shop in Belfast years ago, and they just closed up a few years back. You bend it, we mend it, that was their slogan. You bend it, we mend it. In those days, the cars were bent, they actually mended them. They didn't replace parts, they fixed them. And my dad was actually the older brother, and money was tight. And they really didn't have enough work to support everybody. And my dad decided, graciously, I'll leave. And then there'll be enough money (laughs) for his younger brother, Tom, to do pretty well. And Tom did very well. My dad left with a hundred bucks in his pocket, came to Canada, and that whole story. You're leaving the family business, that's my point. That was a big thing for him to do that. Two young kids, wife, make a move, jump you know—jump on a cruise liner and away you go. So we make decisions. And they made a decision there to follow Jesus. Leaving what they had established. My mom used to say, man, I, we had a house in the suburbs in Belfast. They owned a house. Nice house, I saw it. took them 13 years when they were in Canada, in Toronto, to finally get a house. They had one way back then. So, you know, there is something when you leave, is there not? But James and John, they hear the call. Abraham's Abraham's call. I won't look it up right now, but Amos 7, that's a beautiful call of Amos, who's a sheep herder. And he says, you know what, I was just out... herding sheep and i heard god's call and now i'm a prophet just ordinary work so the disciples' response is immediate and here's the point at the end of point 2 is that it's a it's a statement of commitment it's commitment it's commitment to keep following jesus not just follow jesus in the beginning Typically, you know, when you come to know Jesus, you usually get a few good years, meaning things typically go pretty well for you. It's God's grace. Sorry if, if that's not your experience, all right? But often it is. And then finally, some, the, the bumps start coming along, and the hurdles start happening. You had it easy for a while, and now discipleship gets a bit tougher. And now I'm called to follow when times are hard. So will I keep saying yes when times are hard? That's commitment. We can think of all kinds of relationships. You go wherever you want with it, right? But in terms of our faith, perseverance, being committed, saying yes. That's what Jesus wants. That's what God wants. And that's part, you know, of this whole election thing, hanging in. If it has been your experience, why have you kept saying yes all these years? Grace. Keep saying yes, right? You get ticked off and you feel like just going away and leaving the whole thing. You decide still, I'm not going to do that. You hang in, you hang in, you hang in. That's that's what God's looking for. And the second point is it's corporate. It's it's not an individual thing. We are called to community. These brothers are called to community. Jesus, the first thing he does is establish a community. I'm not going to do this on my own. He could have done it on his own. But he decides to build a community. And the church, worldwide, is the community of Christ. 2,000 years later, that's not much time, geological time, 2,000 years is very long. The church is now all around the planet. It's got its problems, messed up in lots of ways, but the church exists around the world doing good things. In Bolivia, the Baptist community established missions, meaning schools hospitals they did the same in India in Bolivia the 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 Baptists are recognized it's 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 a different kind of government right it's leaning in the the communist direction but Baptists are okay you're a Baptist why because we you've been doing your work down here for 150 years and we trust you they were the ones who started hospitals you know so it's lots of good things happen man so it's not all bad news So it's a corporate calling for these guys. So two different brothers, two different styles of fishing, two different economic levels, they are called and they both respond. So where do we go with that? Here is a statement by True Blood, we shall not be saved by anything less than commitment, and the commitment will not be effective unless it finds expression in a committed fellowship. If we have any knowledge of human nature, we begin by rejecting the arrogance of self-sufficiency. Committed men and women need the fellowship, not because they are strong, but because they are and know they are fundamentally sinful and weak. Brokenness aside, we need each other. So we're committed. Commitment. Communal response. So it's about being with Jesus and doing what Jesus wants, being with, it's it's the values. If you want to know about the values of Jesus, then read the the Beatitudes. Matthew starts the Sermon on the Mount, right? Jesus starts with the Beatitudes. Those are the values of Jesus. Blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor, blessed are the persecuted. All those are the values of Christ. So we are invited to be with Jesus and to walk with Jesus, be engaged with Jesus. All the way, even when this happens, he calls the crowd with his disciples, says, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross, note, and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And for those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. So you and I, here we are in our ordinary days, right, and we are called to sacrifice something because we're invited to say yes to Jesus. If you're going to say yes to Jesus, then you're saying no to something else. Any yes is is a no somewhere else. So will I say yes? Will I commit and follow him? Why? Because I want to enter into this great work, yes, but also they lose their life. For this, the gospel will save it. You actually gain. Your life is greater. It's better. It may not be better financially, but it's going to be deeper, richer in many, many, many ways. And Eternal life is the gift. That's when our real life takes off. So death is not to be feared. being with Jesus, engaging Jesus just rhyme off a few Jesus is the sender, we become the sent ones that's right off, I will make you fishers of men right, that's that's the initial thing, I will make you you will become my followers and my disciples and you will go off and do the same you will look at Mark chapter 6 he sends out the 12 and the 12 go out and they do the same works that Jesus is doing Including healing people. So we're called to be sent ones. Just getting to know Tom, I like Tom. I used to youth pastor. One of the first things he did is he got his hair cut across the street. <laughs> I ain't getting my hair cut across the street, okay? Nothing to knock it, but I have Armando, and Armando is my guy, and he's going to do it, all right? Tom goes across the street. Why does he go across the street? Hey, Ellie. Why do you go across the street? Because you go across the street and you hear what's going on. You hear the, you know, the discussion, get to know people. He says, I want to get to know people. I like that. Definitely more of an extrovert than I am, so that's cool, very good. We need that. Yeah, man. We are sent ones, that's the point, right? When we fail, it's not the end. Peter failed. We're all gonna fail. Fail many times. Peter keeps keeps following. And then we have the statement as we close, Jesus is always going before us. It's interesting the gospel ends with this, the story, Jesus appears to the women, but go tell his disciples and Peter, note, that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. And there you will see him just as he told you. So the, the point there is Jesus is always going before us. He's always going before Peter. Peter... He's telling Mark, make sure you get this bit in, because this is important. Jesus is always going before us. Mary Ann, working in Humber Hospital. Mary Ann is an angel over at the hospital. You know that. Truly, she's an angel. Day in, day out, visiting people in hurting situations, Just does it with such a sweet spirit. I'm telling you, that's angelic. Jesus always going before us. And so part of our task is to wake up and to be able to see Jesus going before us. Where is Jesus going before me in this week? You see what I mean? Where is he going before you? Because he is. Part of our job is to see that. Open up. Wake up. Stop sleeping. Wake up. See Jesus. Be with Jesus. Do the things of Jesus. And then what happens, I think I'll skip this quote, although it's a beautiful quote, Jesus is like a magnet. He draws people. There's an attraction with Jesus. So if we are with Jesus and we do the things of Jesus, then people will indeed respond teachers Natalie and Tamara leading the service both teachers taught in the school system for so many years a light, John a light being there in the classrooms (laughs) you can either do that and divorce yourself from the whole faith or you can do it and engage it and be a light for people, can you not? and I know that they did it, And when that's the case, Jesus is a magnet. Jesus is a magnet. Why are there always generations of believers? 50 years, whatever, I don't know, how many years, and we're all going to be dead. But there will be a whole new generation of believers. Our little kids, and then their kids, and then their kids. Jesus is a magnet drawing people in mysterious ways across the planet, in ways that we do not even get. <laughs> when we get to heaven, man, we're going to say, wow, I didn't think it would be like this. I didn't have it all figured out, man. We have hardly anything figured out. If you think you've got God figured out, you've got it wrong right there. Me too. God is more mysterious than that, a magnet, doesn't mean we don't learn things, just saying God is bigger than all of that, so will we follow Jesus as we conclude, right, will we follow, will we say yes, will I walk with him, will you walk with him, will you catch that little bit of a vision, will you wake up, will I wake up, repent means wake up, repent and believe the gospel, will you do that, will I do that? God help me do that, draw me, do whatever you need to do into me that I say yes, do it. And then he will. So may we hear, may we say yes, the first song we're going to sing is along that line, surrender in Christ's name, amen.